career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey, 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 40 plus guys, it is time to scratch that itch to be a better man. And you know what? You're about to enter into a really cool arena of being a 40 plus guy where we talk with real men, real talk, and we take that gladiator side of us and we step into the ring, but we also bring that softer side of being a man without any shame surrounding it. And I'm really excited today because I've got one of my best bros in my life about to share some insights and stuff around what he thinks is one of the most important things in life. I have to agree with him. I have to totally agree with him. His name is Mike Domish and he is Mr. Respect himself. He talks about respect in all sorts of ways and I'm really excited to have you here, bro. So thanks for jumping in here with 40 plus Real Men Real Talk. Well, I love the new show you have, Rick, and just excited to be on here with you. So it's yeah, always great yeah. when you get to be with your friends. Exactly. Even if it's virtual and across the <laughs> airwaves and all that sort of stuff. So I'm um, so yeah, man, let's let's just get down to it. Let's start talking about respect. So I'm curious, even though I know some of this, but I'm gonna come from a slightly different angle. When for you, Mike, was it that you realized really stepping into a space of respect was gonna make you a better guy? Because I know well, there's an impact here. Yeah, there is. Well, for me, it was in some ways almost therapy when mm. I started doing this work because I, I came from a place of anger. My mm. uh, 1989, I'm 19 years old and my sister had been raped. That's the phone call I'd gotten. Yeah, It started from a place of rage. And mm. then I saw a speaker and I realized, wait, I can do something about this, yeah. including what I was taught by society, not necessarily by my family or my parents, but by society and how messed up that was I realized that after this happened to my sister and I'm like, wait a second, I can do something. And so that's where it began was understanding, look, uh, one, I got to change what I've learned. Yep. And that's where it really began. I think people think, oh, Mike came from a place of anger uh, towards rapists, which absolutely is true. But I also had to look in the mirror and go, wait a second, how have I been taught to act and how can that contribute to this problem, to this culture? And that was the wake up call. Mm -hmm. And I know... It's evolved so much, but for you as a guy, you're one of the guys I truly <laughs> respect the most, you know, quotes there and no real quotes needed, but it's become so important to you that you kind of live and breathe it day in, day out. And do you ever feel challenged by that at times that am I being respectful enough? Am I showing up the way I need to? Does that ever yes. challenge you? Yeah, here's the mistake that a lot of people make. They think, oh, you're the, the subject matter expert. You're, you're the author on this topic around the world. You must never have these struggles that I have, that <laughs> I, the average guy, have. And what people yep. forget is that I am in the same culture you're in. Yep. So if you're getting bombarded with millions of unhealthy messages every week, so am I. So I have to also be able to go, wait, that's messed up, and yeah. be able to recognize it myself because it's not natural when I say not natural, when you have a million images saying one thing, it's not as easy to just do it the right way when all those images are teaching to do it the wrong way. Yeah. It is natural to respect human beings, but we're being taught not to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it feels unnatural. 
Mm-hmm. And it's especially tough, I think, right now, given where we are in the planet and society and so many things going on, so many disparate places that we could all begin to completely disrespect one another. And I know there's times I'm like, I just want to scream about certain things. I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Go scream in your own little room, Rick, but then try to hold it in. And times it's tough because it's like, I want to say something, but then you got to step back. And I'm like you. There's people like, oh, it must be really easy to just keep going and doing all these bold things you do. I'm like, no, (laughs) not even close to do some of the stuff that you think I can do. Yeah, because the thing is that a lot of people don't realize is that when you're doing this work, there's a percentage of every audience, of every group I'm in front of around the world who is destined to prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they they are just determined to do that. And so they're being as creative as possible every room you walk into to tear down this lesson that you're giving the world and just this reinforcement of respect. And they're literally there to to say no, because if I have to listen to, in this case, me, Mike, or you, Rick, then I have to look in the mirror. And I don't want to look in the mirror because that Mm -hmm. implies I've done something wrong. How dare that even be a possibility? Mm -hmm. So instead, I'll just fight you instead of engaging in this conversation. So yeah, it can be an ongoing challenge. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought up that that image of the mirror because I know for me, even doing this podcast right now, it's me holding the mirror up and say, okay, I'm going to be on this podcast. With my buddy, Mike, we're going to be talking about respect. Okay, Rick, when you get off this podcast today, are you going to remember this? Because I know I can almost predict the moment we get done, something's going to show up in the next hour that's going to cause me to want to go, mm. <laughs> And I'm going to have to hold it. I'm going to have to like do the internal work myself. And I think that's what most of us face. We are not perfect at this, guys. Trust us. We're just kind of the vessel that brings the message. And then we got to go face the music too. Yeah. So I have written affirmations that I I try to read every day. And they're personal to me. And they're taken from different lessons I've learned around the world. But one of them is I am fallible and perfect at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the reason to read that is to know that being fallible is part of the journey. It's perfect that I'm fallible because we all are. So by saying that to myself, that means I'm going to make mistakes along this journey too. The key is, am I recognizing when I make them? Am I correcting course so I don't repeat those mistakes? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me give an example for everybody listening. When I talk about whether I'm talking in a company or a corporation about respect, or I'm talking about sexual violence and relationships, sexual intimacy, I have said to people, I say, look, almost everybody in the world has, if they've been in a sexual relationship of a long term at all, has pressured a partner into sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And when you say that, people are like, whoa, whoa, how can you make that statement? I'll go, well, hold on. You've come home, you're in the mood. Your partner's not in the mood. Do you just go, oh, okay, they're not in the mood every single time? Right. Or do you sometimes go, are you sure you're not in the mood? I mean, how about I do this for you first? And, and you try to change their mind, which is not respecting their choice. Mm-hmm. And some people out there go, well, geez, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't get any. Then right. you, might, you might need to seriously look in the mirror and go, what's happening in my relationship that the only way sexual intimacy occurs if, if I'm begging or coercing for it, something's wrong. And so it's taking it to the subtleties of that instead of just the blatantly don't rape or don't sexually assault that people assume is going to be said when you walk in the room. Now, let's look at the subtlety of how this shows up, how we start to disrespect partners' choices or not even giving them choices. It's interesting that you bring that up because I've been watching this in my own world lately. Uh, You know, I'm surrounded by gay men. A lot of times there's a lot of my friends and then, you know, I watch them doing things and they get so frustrated when they can't get the guy to do the thing they want him to do or they can't 
seem to get a guy to come hook up with them. And then I listen to my straight girlfriends. They're like, yeah, this is just so frustrating because, you know, I just want to go out on a date with a guy. But then, you know, the first thing that happens is this whole sexual thing. And then on the flip side, I have some straight girlfriends who are also, <laughs> I just want to hook up and I just can't get these guys to do this. And then they start disrespecting. I'm like, this is a universal problem, folks. This isn't just us guys that are over 40. I want to make sure you guys really That's get That's 100% correct. Because when I'm working with audiences, there can be, I literally work in the same day sometimes with 12-year-olds in the beginning of the day and 65-year-olds at the end of the day, depending yeah. on where I'm working and where I'm speaking. It is absolutely universal. Now, I'm not saying that 12-year-olds uh, are engaged in this behavior, but let's be honest, some are. We have mm -hmm. kids experimenting at that age with these attitudes. Yep. With these attitudes of how could you not do this? I spent this much money or I did this. Mm -hmm. And that exists at age 40 and age 50 and age 28. So here's the key we always say to people. Look, if you're getting frustrated, it's because you've created an expectation that you did not communicate to your partner in a way that they were able to tell you that's not going to happen <laughs> and you were willing to accept it. That's mm -hmm. what happened almost mm -hmm. every time. You kept in your head, I hope this is going to happen. Right. And you got mad at them. For mm -hmm. not doing what your mind wanted. When yeah. you could have just been really upfront and gone, hey, look, you know what I hate? I hate at the end of these nights when it gets awkward and weird because one person has this expectation of sexually intimately, if things are hooking up or working out, that something's going to happen. And the other one's like, look, ain't going to happen. But they don't communicate that. How, how do you view that? Like if things are going great, are you somebody that might be interested? Or if things are not going you know, great, are you good with just saying, hey, I don't feel connection? Because I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'd rather be able to be honest, open, and mature to avoid the awkwardness. But what I find so fascinating, Mike, and you and I have talked about this numerous times, what I find fascinating about what you have just brought up, this isn't just about sex with your partner or anything like that. It goes into the workplace of being respectful of, hey, I'm not communicating clear, but boy, I'm setting this expectation. You create this expectation of what you want from somebody in a, in a corporate environment or in a working environment, and then suddenly everything goes haywire because you didn't respect what they were capable of hearing or that you didn't communicate clearly. Yeah, here's a great test everybody can do with their coworkers. Walk into work tomorrow and say, you know what, I was listening to this program on respect and I realized I've never asked you what are actions or words that I use in the office place that trigger you? Mm. And the person could be like, what? What do you mean? Like, what are things that I say that either make you uncomfortable or you don't want to engage in the conversation? Or it could be my tone. I get too excited. Mm -hmm. I get too energized. It could be that I shut down and that really annoys you instead of engaging. But what is it that annoys you and or triggers you that puts it back to a place of I don't want to go there because of a past experience I've had with that? Because I don't want to do that. I want to be aware of the setting and the culture I'm creating for you. And when you say this to people, they're like, I've never heard of doing that in the workplace. Right. Why wouldn't you? If you exactly. want to create this environment that's caring and respectful, why am I not learning about what's going to create the best environment for my colleagues? Mm -hmm. I find it so fascinating because I have a lot of friends who work in the whole culture thing with companies and stuff. And it's one thing that companies won't go do. They want, they want we're going to have this great culture. We're going to do these things. It's like, okay, so what's some of the biggest questions you need to ask your teams? Yeah, well, here's why that happens. And I've used this analogy when I work with groups too, and even in the media. Here's what companies do, large organizations and associations do. They see their company like a 20-story skyscraper. Yep. And not the 20 stories would be a skyscraper, but let's say a 60 story skyscraper. <laughs> and when sexual harassment happens, they go, oh, we have a problem on the 49th floor. 
Right. And when discrimination happens, oh, we got a problem on the 40th floor. And what they don't realize is the problem's in the foundation of the building and the whole thing's going to crumble sooner or later because you keep fixing the symptoms on the floors, but not the foundation of the organization, which is missing respect. How many companies don't even have it in their core values? List it. And then mm-hmm. two, if they do, don't do anything, anything to assertively live it, even if it's in their core values. Absolutely. And I think you just hit on the basis of everything here is if you're going to practice respect, it starts from the foundation and goes up or it goes from the top down, whatever way you want to look at it. But it's got to be part of the core of anything, whether it's your relationship, whether it's with friendships in your workplace, in a company you're building, it's got to be at the core. Yeah, if you have at the core foundation, when you start to build the structure above it, things can fall down every now and then. You'll be you'll be able to keep rebuilding and remodeling and rejuvenating. But if it's not the bottom, you have to start from scratch. And literally, that is so difficult to do for companies, for individual relationships, to forget all the harm that was done before. Very hard to do. That's why you really want to start. And if you don't have it, start to say we need to re-support our foundation. We need to restructure the foundation of our relationship. Awesome. So one last question before we wrap it up here on another episode of 40 Plus Real Men, Real Talk. What's one of the things having respect has done for you with your relationship with your wife? Uh, It's made me a better learner of my own errors. Mm. And so that I'm, I'm constantly aware of how am I projecting? How am I presenting? How am I listening? And not just hearing the words, but what am I doing with the words that I'm hearing with the lessons? How open am I to hearing the air of my ways? How am I contributing? So it makes me so much more mindful. Mm-hmm. And, and that I think is so vital to healthy relationships. Mindful of my role and my presence in the moment in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, guys. If you want to be more mindful in your relationships, and just be better, whether it's your relationships with a guy, a gal, it doesn't really matter. You know, we're open here on sexuality about everything we talk about. But if you really want to get down to it, it's all about respect and take it from the guy that I truly do respect a lot because of what he does in this world around this. My buddy, Mike, and I want to just say, Mike, thanks for being here and being part of the kickoff series on the new podcast, 40 Plus Real Man, Real Talk. I appreciate you, bud, and love you so much. Well, Rick, you know I love you, and I think this whole show concept is just awesome and going to give so much to so many people. So thank you for opening these conversations. That's a wrap for 40 Plus Real Men, Real Talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed-up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men, Real Talk where the conversations continue.